The opinions and views expressed on this podcast are solely those of the hosts and guests and not necessarily those of Midwest Family Springfield, its management, or its advertisers. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Let us fight for a new world, a decent world. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite! The Noblest Motive is a production of Midwest Family Springfield. Trent, this is amazing. The Noblest Motive so far has been awesome. Episode three, tackling, I think, something that will have multiple episodes to come as well. There is a lot of meat and drink on this topic on social media, on the goods, the bads, the origins, uh, where it is right now and and where it looks to be going in both the positive and negative senses. Yeah. Um, And we have great guests great friends, I think we can firmly say, uh, to discuss social media. Dr. Green, would you please tell us a little bit about yourself? My name is Caitlin Green. I have a PhD in linguistics, and I research the uses of public uh, speech, including social media, um, in kind of the maintenance of the status quo in academia. Um, So some of my past projects have been things like looking at how campus reform targets professors for harassment, um, how whenever some professor gets caught up in a scandal or um, some kind of misconduct issue, uh, how there's like an ecosystem of groups and uh, well-placed professors there to defend them. Uh, that kind of thing. If you've listened to our education episode, she had a good bit to say on that topic as well. You'll get to hear her entire discussion on that as well as this. What, what about you, Mr. Nick Dodson? I'm a community advocate uh, from Central Illinois. Advocate with the Sierra Club. Uh, I believe housing is a human right. Uh, I work with several different groups in Central Illinois uh, from the Springfield Immigrant Advocacy Network to the Sierra Club. Uh, to Heartland House and Heartland Continuum Care. And I have a bit of historical context with social media as I have come up the lines of Friendster to MySpace to Facebook to Above and Beyond and seen the good, the bad, the ugly, and the evolution of it. Well, uh, we all, safe to say, I think, care about community and care about humanity. I think that's in everything that each one of us does. And I think that's why we're all sitting here. Everybody has a personal experience except for the people who are like living off grid, which I still think they're very, very few these days. And I think we all have deep opinions on it. Nick, if you don't mind telling us a little bit about your origins with social media. I mean, you mentioned Friendster, which I forgot ever existed. You know what I mean? Until you said it and it's like, oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Friendster, the precursor to MySpace, um, you know, was a a college uh, similar format to Facebook. You had to have a college email to get into it, I believe. Um, It was the Wild West. Um, It was just all over the place. Uh, And then getting, you know, the the MySpace invitation uh, kind of opened my eyes seeing how, you know, you could really make a platform for yourself and be from a small town. You know, my old emo rock band was from Jacksonville, Illinois, uh, and everybody was like, oh, move to a big city, move to a big city. It's the only way you make it. And it's like, well, you know, with the, you know, the evolution of 
social media and leveraging that as a platform, we were able to, you know, commodify ourselves and create a presentable little package for the internet for folks that were curious about uh, Midwest emo rock. Did you yeah. did you have to be invited to MySpace or could you just join it? MySpace was open. You could everybody, join MySpace. Okay. Everybody was open to that. Okay, yeah. but it was like somebody was like Nick Dodson would think this is cool. I will send him an invite. You had to. Yes, it was. A, it was definitely a heavy on the invites, without a doubt, back in the day. You know, it was just interesting to 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 leverage those uh, platforms to make space for ourselves uh, in different regions. You know, it was very very formative on in in my coming to grips with what platform social media could be would be and is today it was very interesting to to see that and see the, you know the bots online messaging spamming people uh you know the the bulletins that would get it would show you how many people would view them it was just fascinating the the data you could get and that you could leverage and it wasn't blocked by the big corporations that be for lack of better words so it gave you a lot of freedom in terms of branding yourself and the band. I mean, MySpace was huge. Right. I think everybody who was into music at that point had a MySpace. I had a MySpace. My bands had MySpaces, mm-hmm. you know, and it's funny now it's like a, like barely a thought. Caitlin, mm-hmm. did you have a MySpace too? I sure did. Yeah. I was a middle schooler with a MySpace. A middle schooler with a MySpace. Okay. So yeah. So your origin started younger than mine. I didn't get into this kind of stuff until later. And I think it's a lot. My parents have a lot to do with it, but that's a whole other talk about therapy. It's a whole (laughs) other conversation. But yeah, your or go. What were your origins with social media like? No, I cannot remember if MySpace came first or LiveJournal, but I was on both of those. LiveJournal. Live journal. Seriously? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And so with that, like, as a middle schooler, my social circle was really just people from my school. I was not uh, venturing out of that circle. And I think that did have a lot to do with the parenting that I was experiencing. Um, I had a mom who was, like, you know, pretty aware of what the dangers were with social media and she was telling me about them and she was giving me advice. And so I never friended somebody I didn't know yeah, in real life. Right, right. That's not <laughs> what happened with me. I, I mean, like we had friending contests when Facebook came out. So that's really, really interesting. Definitely. She has been my internet safety coach. <laughs> Even yeah. now, like she will tell me where my blind spots are, like if she's found some personal information somewhere of mine or if I posted a picture and it has like too much of my house in it or something, she'll text me about it. That's fantastic. That's amazing because, and I'm going to, I'm going to sound like an ageist right here. You don't get that type of good advice from old people about stuff like the internet very often. The interwebs. That is, that is fantastic. She is clearly a very forward thinking individual. So I'm glad that she protected you. Was Facebook ever a thing for you? Did you get into Facebook or did you just bypass that? Oh, yeah. No, the timing of Facebook was really interesting because when it first rolled out, it was just for whatever school was at. Right. Yeah. And then it was just Ivy's. And then when it opened up to anybody with a dot edu, um, that was the year that was my senior year of college. So when I was given a dot edu email from University of Washington, uh, that's when I joined Facebook. Oh, yes. I remember that so fondly. Facebook for me was my first big thing. Trent, what about <laughs> what about you? What was your first remembrance of the interwebs, social media? Mark Lambert's MySpace. 
Yep. Mark yeah. Lambert's MySpace was the was the illest MySpace. It was completely customized. It had the illest music and Mark Lambert. Mark Lambert is yeah, he's one of my very good friends. He's a ah. he's a, he's a musician. Um <laughs> I was like he, I haven't heard of Mark. He's Lambert. a very talented musician. You can look him up online and he um <clears throat> he just had the illest My- MySpace and we would hang out in his in his basement and we would listen to music and we'd play music and uh and that was my first memory, and I got a MySpace, and it was not as cool as Mark's. And then I got a Facebook, and that was, as you just noted, Rocky, that was like, that was like the connecting of the world. Yeah. Because now I didn't have the great leadership that Caitlin enjoyed. Uh, I was like you, Rocky. I was a delinquent. I was like, all right. Time, I wasn't a delinquent. Time to make I, I had friends. parenting. I was a delinquent when I, I, and I wasn't even really a delinquent, but when I went to college from like growing up Catholic in Columbia Heights, Minnesota, up to growing up Catholic, to um, going to college in Chicago downtown. With I mean, it was a total, total game changer for going me to personally. Harry Carries. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> That's my recollection i haven't had a facebook in years it's poison bad for you makes you feel so, uh, self-conscious about yourself because you're seeing basically everybody else's greatest hits record that they put out True. every day and you're like man their life looks fantastic but it's not it, their life is just as terrible as yours and um they're just not showing all the bad parts tell us how you really feel boy <laughs> caitlin <laughs> You would say, Caitlin, you had a positive beginning. Like, it was something that was exciting, right? Yeah, it was. Definitely there were issues with, like, the way people represented themselves. And some of my peers kind of getting, like, sexualized and objectified. Did you realize uh, was, that at a, young, at a young age? Or is this something you're kind of retrospectively looking at? No, it was something that was apparent at the time. And it's very possible, again, because of the mom that I had, that I was more aware of it. Um, And also because as like a massive nerd, I wasn't like a part of that. I was just watching it happen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, got you. For me, it felt kind of like a different world opening up almost. For me, Columbia College, Chicago, not uh, New York. I could have said just (laughs) Columbia and let everybody assume, but I don't. I don't. It was Columbia Film School in Chicago. And they're both we, good. They're, bo- say, they're, they're, they're no both shame. great. They're both great. I just, uh, you know, Ivy League. Don't minimize yourself again. <laughs> You're right. Right. You're right. Damn it. You got a real problem, Rocky. <laughs> <know. laughs> no. <laughs> Look, you're preaching to the choir. I know. Um, but when when Columbia bought into the Facebook thing, or maybe it was just the .edu and I went in and I was like, this is insane. And I think the aspect was the social aspect because my space for me was specifically music. And Facebook was like, what are girls doing? You know, like, what are they up to? Like, you know, connecting with them because I was more comfortable, you know, starting conversations off online as opposed to in person, for sure. Yeah, that's like, that's like in the biography of like every man who's ever gone on social media right? like, <laughs> or on the Internet. It's at easier all. to say something to a lifeless screen yeah. than it is to say something to to a warm, kind person. No immediate repercussions. Yeah. Immediate. Right. No, I'm kidding. All of us kind of have a positive, except for Caitlin. You were talking about, you know, you obviously had alarms 
at a earlier age, which I think not is is more rare than not. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's just the ability of Caitlin to to perceive these things, and yeah. and because of again, we're three gentlemen, and Caitlin is inherently going to have a different experience right. in, through these things because um, because our society is is misogynistic. Did you guys do, right. did you, were you in the chat rooms? I, I'm sure you were not in the chat rooms, Caitlin, if your mom. No, I absolutely was not. If I had set one toe in there, I think <laughs> she would have like thrown the computer out. Yeah. I was like 12 and I was like, M slash 24 slash interested. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how wild is that? It's like catfishing. Like it's evolved into so much. I mean, talk about screwing us up. You know, it's a wild thing. And I mean, I, I'm not the only one. That's why I'm no shame in my game saying, you know, I tried to cyber every chance my parents were gone. Let's oh cyber. God. Let's cyber. I want to cyber. Why don't we call it that anymore? <laughs> yeah, I was probably. Cyber is really deeply underutilized. I think we should bring it back. Yeah. Right. Well, I was probably one of the creeps that your mom was like, you're going to run into these people that are terrible people. No, um, you, you were literally 12 year old Paul. I've seen pictures of you. You were. You were not threatening. <laughs> no, no, but I was lying about my age. I mean, it was like definitely like sexual exploration to the max digitally. I don't know uh- what your setup was, though, because for us, we had one computer for the whole family in the dining room. Oh, so no, 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 no. Up to anything. Oh, yeah. I would not have been as bold if it was in the dining room. We had a place in the house called The Hole where the computer was. And it was like an oh old God. office. Uh. And it was like in the depths, bowels of the basement. The and hole. so like there was a lot of noise alarm that like, you know, told me somebody was coming down. Like I could hear the steps. I could right. hear the first door, the second door. You know, I could hear the garage if people were gone. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to tell all my secrets, but I, I, I spent some time on AOL. The whole sounds like a safe place. Yeah. yeah it like everyone understood that some things were going to be happening. Right, yeah. right, right. The whole seems like a sounds place like a made bar. for masturbation. I was going to say, did your parents jiggle the door handle on purpose? Like, hey, Paul, we're stomping the stairs. The self punishment comes to mind. Right, right. It's uh, they gave me a scrunchie oh, to put on the on the doorknob. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm dead. So uh, to not lose track, Caitlin, where did you? When did you feel like it was going from like issues where it was like small alarms to like bigger picture issues? Like uh, this is affecting probably like a, maybe a generation of people. Uh, I think it was in high school when a boy in my class um, put up a post naming a girl in my class and basically called her like, you know, a lot of curse words and, um, right. And basically just, it was like a message that immediately was broadcast to everybody dragging this girl through the mud, um, who he had been in like a brief relationship with. Right. Um, and just thinking like, Oh my gosh, anybody could choose to do that to you at any time. Right. Right. It took me such a long time to figure out. It's like all the big problems. You know, it did. And and it, for whatever, you know, reason that is my upbringing, just being a guy, um, it took me into my like late 20s to be like, wow, this is a mess, you know, in like objective time. That's not that different. Right. I was in high school from 2000 to 2000. And, what was it? 2003 to 2007. You know, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, I was I graduated college in 08, so yeah. a little bit of a spread there. But Nick, what about you? I mean, when were you like, uh-oh, oh, God. Okay, I don't so we're going we're gonna to take it back all the way to AOL. I had a, a, a username that was JazzGuy2K. Oh, man. Okay, if you're wondering how cool I was. was... Iomi Oz, and I misspelled Iomi. Ooh. <laughs> and then I also had another username. Shh, it's me, Nick. <laughs> That was my secret one in case oh I didn't want to get into my normal username. So that that was that was uh, my. I, mean, I would not have let my child friend you. Gosh, dude, that is one of the best things I've ever heard anybody say, though. My screen name was a strong bad reference. Okay, what was it? It was Grumble Cakes. Gr- I don't. <laughs> it is such a like niche, but the the that right? strong bad had on the middle schoolers of my generation was like it was totally vice like so all you needed was just like one random line from one episode that was just like a throwaway and people would be like oh my god gotcha man yeah i uh i would not have picked that up i would have been like it's a great conversation starter i would have been like grumble cakes that's cool what does that mean (laughs) but i would not have uh picked it up on myself That's great. So the thing that I would do that I that gave me the re- the first red flags was one of my closest friends in the world growing up. His name is Richard Bailey. Went to high school together, lived together, very very close friend. We would get onto the AOL Instant Messenger chat rooms, and we would announce we'd go into like a WWF room, and then we would start a conversation between the two of us, saying, "Oh my God, can you believe that Macho Man Randy Savage just was found dead?" And Dude, we were this is this is a viral trend happening right now. Sixteen years old, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen years old. What did this. you call it, Caitlin? Shit posting. Oh, this was trolling. Yeah. I mean, as well, yeah, a form of I think wow. a precursor to true trolling, as to known what it was. It's just human nature. And then I mean, just this is what you were doing. Up. Oh my God, he is. How come I can't find anything out about? It? It's like it just got announced. You didn't just, see. You didn't see. We'd go into NASCAR oh and be like, God, "Can you believe dude. that Jeff Gordon just crashed?" You know, all these oh, different. It was the worst oh, of the worst. We were absolute anarchy at that point and it was so much fun because people would lose their minds because they just believe it oh my god you know that but that's happening right now have you seen that caitlin where um there's like people who yes. will film their family yes. and they're like oh my god john bon jovi dead at 70 or whatever and everybody's like no <laughs> <laughs> you know they're wild yeah, it is still like a major trend that people will just like announce the death of somebody <laughs> right what a we're so weird terrible we're so weird anyways so you thought then this is insane this could what be we're bad. doing right this could this was like a microcosm of what could be to come is what it really right you know, so and you felt that way you did News, Did you right? talk to your buddy about no, that? No, I don't think it was ever articulated, but it just because of the high we'd get from it, it was just yeah. kind of like, what? Or how are these people so influenced by just some random person typing yeah. in a chat with them and they immediately buy it, they sell it, and then they're you some know, like 30 year old dude in like, it. you know, Richmond, Virginia right. is like, oh my God. Macho. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I never, yeah, gosh, I don't think I did anything like that for me i think my first inkling that things were really really problematic was when bullying became like a really prevalent thing i was like god man kids used to go home to get away from bullying now it's like they're getting bullied at home too Mm -hmm. and that's to me when i was like this is insane that sucks they're just at home at dinner and getting a notification that it's like you're a piece of crap you're fat you suck you know, and it's like, Jesus. Give me a break, man. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. I heard this for the last 12 hours. Don't I get 12 hours off? Right. right. 
So, it, I mean, it's come a long way. Are you guys still on Facebook? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not I'm on Facebook. private and I don't post on it. So you're <laughs> an observer. You're an observer. Yeah. Okay, cool. I love it. Do you There's go on it a lot? I, no, I do not go on it a lot. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it's only if like I really need to do something um, or like check somebody out who's on Facebook Marketplace, you know? Right. Yeah. Sure real. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, our job, like Facebook's a big part of our job. Social media yeah. is a big part of our job. It is. So it's like, there's no way really to, to get around it, but you're, so your main thing is still Twitter, Twitix. That's right. What's your main thing, Nick? I mean, to be completely honest, I leverage social media for organizing, uh, for environmental stuff, for humanitarian aid, that kind of thing. So those, those different kind of missions, because, you know, living in a smaller town, we're not as shoulder to shoulder with folks. So it's good to have folks across the regions, you know, that sometimes can influence, you know, yeah. different perspectives on things, et cetera. So if there's an environmental catastrophe, you know, like the fly coal ash release in 2021, CWLP, we took pictures of it. We were able to share that information right then and there with folks on social media. Hey, this is dangerous. There's been no alert to the media. There's been no alert from the city about this. Please stay inside if you've seen this, uh, you know, seeing that mile and a half wide plume from uh, which was effectively now the attorney general is stating it was an environmental catastrophe. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, spreading the word about, you know, the CO2 pipeline, spreading word about different initiatives locally that we're trying to, you know, broadcast I use social media for all of those things. I don't post much personal like, oh, here's me on vacation doing this, that, the other. But I will leverage it for um, organizing for missions that I believe in. And when I I actually ran for office in 2020 and lost. But with that, I made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of local friends and folks that were very, very similar, like minded. Uh, I started I had a, a social media landing spot for my campaign that was called Nick Dodson for the people. And it has, you know, 11 or 1200 followers on there. So I just having that to help leverage some important work is is effectively what I like to use it for or just as an education kind of a moment as well. Well, so that's part of the solutions part of our program, (laughs) (laughs) which is, you know, is exactly, you know, what it what it should be used for. Caitlin, what do you think right now where social media is now is the biggest problem? Social media is a really powerful tool you know, for good or bad. Right. Right. So one of the things that it's great for is community building. Right. Um, I don't work at a university. I don't have a way to connect with other researchers except over social media, really. Um, and so the, the research community that I've built up around me is exclusively because of my activity on social media. Um, I also was like really terrible at networking while I was in school. So I don't really have those connections because I just didn't build them. Um, So really it is social media. So it's almost, I just want to, I just want to ding this. This is almost like when the young gentleman would get online to talk to ladies, they were embarrassed to talk about, talk to in person, having this digital format created some social lubricant for lack of better words for you to feel more comfortable to talk to other individuals in yeah. your yeah in your academia right yeah. so i'm just i'm just bringing those two well, those intersections together so what a this guy. is interesting okay. this is interesting well, so then. both of you are salt of the earth people because um you know i i asked caitlin you what the biggest problem was and you went into a, a positive aspect and i, know, I think that was terrible no, no 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 i think that's interesting and i, I want to call that out because yeah, that's cool there are a lot of good things I yeah I, well there there are so many good things and so with this thing and i think this is exactly what's going to happen with artificial intelligence like with this amazing thing that has evolved into what it is today it's definitely a huge issue for mental health, suicide rates have between 2000 and 
2007 and 2015 have skyrocketed. It was an all-time high in 2015. Like, I think that has something to do with, you know, self-worth, confidence, uh, our self-image, all of this stuff. But you can do amazing things with it, too. So what do you guys feel about that double-edged sword? I think it's really hard to tell, to, like, weigh the positives and the negatives. But it's also, like, I don't know. We're not going to get, we're not going to roll back how connected we are, you know? Yeah. No, so that, that, I, no, it's something we kind of have to deal with. Right. There, there is no getting rid of it. It won't be gotten rid of. It will just continue to evolve. And the only way that we're going to mitigate any um, any damage to ourselves and to those members of our society who are susceptible in varying ways is education. There, there has to be education and there has to be a better uh, paradigm in place for people to be safe. For example, when my mother was growing up, as when all of our mothers were growing up, I suspect, car accidents were much more prevalent and people died from them much more often. And through different mechanics of legislation for safety belts and for uh, regulations and technological innovations, it's lesser now. We didn't get rid of cars because everyone was getting drunk and dying in them. We just told everyone that they couldn't get drunk. That's optimistic, I think. I'm always the optimistic I, yeah. one. You remember that. It does seem like kind of our only option is things like that. Policies, legislation, education. We don't have a lot of other things that work. You, right. Because because if you told everyone, listen, uh, I know everyone's Gosh. really enjoying this coal electricity that we got, um, but turns out it's really bad for us all, and we're going to just have to go back to wood. Everyone would be like, go fuck off. Okay, yeah. I'm willing to get lung cancer at 57 to have a refrigerator. And, you know, now... That's, but that's that's only, I mean, would you say that at the later stage of your life? Are you just saying I'm that because you're young and you don't care? No, I'm not saying that personally. I'd, well, I know. I'm just I'm I, saying... To I, humans. I, I don't know. We're not forward-thinking individuals. They want, Most of us in why, the big picture. Why would, they, why would they become more thoughtful as they get older? They become less thoughtful as they get older. Yeah, yeah more engaged in the old beliefs. You, in the comfort of, of existing. Every, all old people, they look at it and they say, oh, man, I remember being a kid, and I did this and I did that, and it was so magical, and I was so <laughs> active. But now, I just want to watch softball, <laughs> okay? I don't want to listen to how the world sucks. I don't want to listen to how everyone's racist and misogynistic. I just want to eat ice cream and watch softball. And I'm sorry, are you reading my grandpa's Facebook post? <laughs> <laughs> Your grandpa has a Facebook? Oh, both of my grandparents do. I unfriended them, by the way. <laughs> I know all I need to know no, about I'm, ice cream. I'm, Caitlin, I'm I'm reading the the tea leaves of every person who's over 57 who I've ever met. Um, of course, I'm joking, but the idea is simply that we love comfort and we especially love comfort as we get older and we get yeah. to look back at all the stuff that we did and being uncomfortable. And we can be like, look at all this uncomfortable stuff I did. I now deserve comfort. Okay. I deserve ice cream and softball. And I don't give a shit if we need 18 nuclear reactors that could all explode to get me that. That's that's, I think, a personal view of yourself at an older age. I don't Aww. think everybody... You don't think that, Kaylin? Well, I think that's a little harsh. <laughs> well, I don't, it was harsh. Was that? I don't. Yeah, it wasn't I meant don't, to be yeah, harsh. I don't. 
I don't want to destroy the world. You a bunch of really negative stuff, and you're like, yeah, I think you're just thinking about yourself. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't even have a TV, I Rocky. think that was a projection. Uh, true, true. I don't even have a TV. You know I, I know. I, all, I'm, yeah, I'm probably projecting how I feel about like the old people in my life and, well, and their like, apathy, their like, desire to just like be hung. Like, remember, it was uh, it, it, who's seen the movie Network here? Has anyone seen the movie Network? Is that with Sandy Bullock? No, it's old as shit. It's from 1978. It's the same year that the first Rocky came out. It won the best picture instead of Rocky. And, and Peter Finch was in it. And it's a great movie if no one's ever seen it. And it, it's brilliant because Peter Finch is a news person who gets told that he's going to get fired. And he's given his like entire life to this television network. Uh, radio television network and they announce he's going to get fired and he basically just loses his on shit. air he i think i remember he this loses clip. his it's shit great. and he's it's so good and he's like all you people do is like watch the television and think that it's real and you just want to eat your little tv dinners and like hear the good things and hear the bad things and worry about them and then go to bed and live your life but this is all just a production you guys are all just buying into this like comfortable production that we're creating for you. And none of it's real. The, the realness is outside. The realness is talking to people. The realness is, is our lives together, not our lives separated by, by the television or, in this instance, by the social media, right? It's like, yeah, you're afraid to talk to the girl in person, so you talk to her over the internet. And I think everyone in this room has done that. Um, and Caitlin has, I'm sure, been um, targeted um, by individuals who'd like to speak to her on the internet. And at the end of the day, it just kind of puts off the necessary need to be like, you know what? I have to go talk to somebody in person and I need oh. to get over this like inability to talk to people and get to know them as a person. Nick, what do you think about the good versus bad? You know, I think it's hard to quantify in a decaying post-capitalist society where alienation is on the forefront of everyone's minds. I mean, I hate to say social media is the reason why everybody wants to blow their brains out or all those different things. I'm being completely serious right now. You know, when we have, we're watching catastrophe after catastrophe be broadcast to us directly. Uh, we're watching, you know, genocides happen in real time. We're watching all of these awful things from a, a minute or two after they happen directly broadcast to our phones uh, you know, our species wasn't maybe necessarily evolved into having this much engagement on a ca catastrophic level. Stimulation. Stimulation. I feel like we are overstimulated apes to an extent, and we don't know how to navigate that. So with, with, uh, with social media having all the bads and the goods, it's hard for me to quantify that or qualify that either way. Uh, but I think we are an overstimulated, you know, bunch watching, you know, hope disappear for a lot of us you know younger generation not having as many opportunities for work watching the environment you know literally impound on itself on a global level and not leaving a lot of opportunity for folks for the future and i think that uh in my opinion is a deep deep part of the situation at hand i love how this discussion has naturally evolved right because you see that in actuality the positives and the negatives of social media are purely perceptive so for example 
seeing all of the terrible genocides in the world decaying and melting in real time is is tragic, right? Yet also seeing people that you know um, succeed while you feel a sense of hopelessness right. is, in for some people, equally as tragic. We're, we're all talking about some pretty terrible things, symptoms of social media. <laughs> Everybody said positive things, but I think this may be just a feeling I have right now. It sounds to me like the bad outweighs the good, but it's not going anywhere, Caitlin, like you said. You know, things just progress and get better over time just because that's what we have to do. Otherwise, you know, what? otherwise the earth is melting. Right. Rocky. Exactly. So I guess like in most of these conversations, there's just a lot of frustration and uh, not knowing what to do, you know, and it's a wild thing that's affected generations now and to come. Caitlin brought up something um, in the origins that I think bears kind of looking back at again, right? She had one of the few parents, it seems like, that had a fairly comprehensive view of the Internet's capabilities, positive and negative, um, at a much earlier time, Yeah, right? I remember being told by my parents, you better be careful on the Internet because anyone can write anything on the Internet and you better make sure that you can distinguish the things that are true and not true, right? Now, fast forward 25 years, those people spent so much time telling us to make sure we knew what was true and not true. They didn't learn to distinguish what was true and not Seriously. true. Seriously, yeah. They, That's right. So older people... We have a major crisis of selective skepticism, Yeah. right? Where people will tear apart anything that they feel like ought to be not true, and then they'll just share the most, like, blatantly obvious <laughs> disinformation yeah. and be like, I knew it. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I grew up hearing a phrase oftentimes um, from certain parts of my family. It took me a long time to realize what it kind of meant, but it it's to your point, Caitlin. Well, everyone knows that, right? Yep. Or you ask nine out of 10, everyone would say that. Well, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, I had a whole college class proving common sense not being real. There was a whole class. Say that just, again, Caitlin. Something that everybody is just like, well, that's just how it works. Everyone knows that. That's an ideology. Some ideologies are true. Some are not true. But there is nothing about it when you are like, oh, yeah, everyone knows that. That's just common sense. There's actually nothing in that sentence that proves it to be true. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. Well, I mean, common sense, I hate that phrase, right? Because common sense in like the aborigine like wilderness of Australia is certainly different than common yeah. sense in Brooklyn, right? right? Um, yeah. Common sense in Nairobi is certainly <laughs> different from common sense in, you know, in Liverpool. And, and, and that's reasonable. And if common sense were the same thing in all of those places, all those places would be the same place. You're right. I uh, I sometimes wish social media wasn't a thing. The Internet's amazing and I love our connection, but sometimes I wish it didn't happen. I don't know if you guys ever have that thought because there are amazing things that come with it. Keeping to keeping in touch with old friends, uh, a community organization. You know, there's amazing things, but do you guys ever feel like, gosh, I just put it all away? I wish it never happened. Well, I don't, I can't say for sure, but I can tell you that if there weren't such a thing as social media, my husband wouldn't have to periodically ask me if our family is safe. 
you know? Yeah. Like there, there, are, there are people who have made me feel afraid for my family because of the things that I write on the internet. And so right. that wouldn't happen. <laughs> uh, I don't think I could handle death threats. I don't know if I could handle that. I'd be so scared. There was one time in St. Croix, I had the, a thing with this dude and like, I was terrible. I couldn't sleep. It like blew over, but I couldn't sleep. So I don't know, you know, what you deal with, but I don't know how you deal with it when it happens. I advocate that everyone sign up for a service that removes your personal information um, from those like data aggregating sites. What's it called? Yeah. Well, there's a bunch of them out there. I personally use Delete Me, but that's just one of them. I've used Delete Me before as well. It is a positive functionality. Uh, I'll I'll go next and say that um, when you hear things like what Caitlin just said, you would want to say that the internet should be should be abolished. But what we know is that um, if they weren't sending death threats over the internet, they would do that weird thing that people used to do, where they like mail people letters with cut out letters from right. a magazine like i hate you <laughs> stop saying things right like people are psychotic and it's just as we noted the internet is an easy place to be like oh, i hate this person like let me just say the worst thing i can think of right now um yeah. Yeah. from from a more macro standpoint i personally you know of course taking away my my care for another person that i just tried to illustrate with caitlin the internet is the most incredible invention of Possibly of human history. Well, I know that's what's that's I mean, what's wild. There are thirteen-year-olds who are like objectively smarter in terms of the amount of information that they've been able to collect right. in their lifetime than like the geniuses of antiquity. But it's is effectively that, our Library of Alexandria. Right? But, is, but is it's that, better. But way better. Right. Is that what? I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not way better because a lot of the stuff that was in the Library of Alexandria and in Constantinople were like the priceless relics of antiquity that morons just were like, yeah, we should burn this shit. Like, oh, all of Sappho's poetry? Like, yeah, who's going to want to read this? Um, Oh, all of Aristotle's work? Like, yeah, that's probably a waste of time. Um, well, we do have to be careful not to get too cocky about the internet because, unfortunately, everything on the internet is still just some stuff somewhere. Like, it's all on a server somewhere. Well, so right. Things can happen to it, right? Like, Internet Archive can get, uh, you know, shut down, and then we've lost a lot of stuff. Like, no data is permanent. Which is crazy to think about. You're which right. Is, so, like, HSHS Medical Group in Illinois just had this crazy thing where they shut down they couldn't do anything. Surgeries were canceled. Everything they couldn't do. P- prescriptions couldn't get anything. And it was just because at the, like their internet went down. You know what I mean? For, for lack of a, a, a more technical way to right. say it. And that's insane. If that happened on a global level, we would be running around into walls and being like, no, what do we do? It would be apocalyptic. Hey, th- that happened once before, and it was called the Dark Ages. Right. And everyone but in they Western didn't have Europe- it before that. No, but they it had- wasn't they given to them it. yet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, the Dark Ages, we have a lot of beliefs about the Dark Ages that are not necessarily true also. So let's be careful there. <laughs> well, th- that is true. They weren't as dark as it, it's, as it's, it's only <laughs> relative to... Um, the amount of attention that people give to Roman antiquity, right? It's mm-hmm. it's all it's all comparative to that. Um, well, and this like enlightenment fetishization people do. Right. Well, of course, th- these titles that we have for time periods, um, they always come after the fact. Um, yeah. No one was living in the fifth century and was like, yeah, it's pretty shitty and dark here. They were just like, no, everything. <laughs> 
dark. <laughs> Why is everything so dark? <laughs> right. uh, no, I, you're a thousand percent right, Caitlin. We we can't we can't change it. Unfortunately, we can't go back and say no more combustion engine. You know, until we get an electric one, and we can't go say, well, we have the internet. Let's just get rid of social media. Right. No, yeah. Um, I, it's just a personal wish that I uh, yeah. have thought about. It's I, nothing that I think will ever I happen. wish for it when you hear something like what Caitlin said. When you hear yeah. like I yeah, have well, evil things. I have I mean. to I have to worry about my family. Yeah, let's get let's abolish this fucking shit and and get newspapers back up and running. Hey. <laughs> the Luddite <Yeah>. way. <laughs> well, so do you guys believe Nick, do you think things happen on a pendulum? Sometimes, yeah. Or is I mean, that a generality? I, I think that our minds always try to draw connections on. Oh, well, this is why that happened, and this is the natural yeah. path forward. We always try to we rationalize want a metaphor. things, we right? Really, we really want to always metaphor. figure out why we can tie a bow with a ribbon on it and say this is why X Y Z. We want something fixed. We right. want something that to we make can sense. Get our heads around, yes, right? Yes. I mean, you brought up a solution, so delete me. So, can you still have an active life on the internet and still use well, delete me? Like, there are things other people do on the internet that, like, I just don't feel comfortable doing. Like, hello, sharing pictures of my children. Like, yeah. There's none on the internet. Right. You will right. not find them because, yeah. like, they will just get leaked. So, um, and even their their real names. I don't share their real names. Yeah. Um, they're bean and bug. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so, like, yeah, there are kind of parts of what people would consider to be normal internet participation that I do not do. But I also don't miss them that much because the people that I want to see pictures of my children are like my family members and I have their phone numbers. I can text photos. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so that's a very healthy way to look at it. That's an extremely healthy way to look at it. How, talking about future um, generations, how are you going to kind of train your kids into the world of the internet and social media? Yeah. If I could just assign every person on earth one of my mom to like coach them on how to use the internet, right. that's what I would do. Nobody but, had that. Well, I, there was nobody that I know, Caitlin, that had that when I was growing I up. Every every parent that I could ever think of had no idea what like AOL chat rooms were. Like they just didn't know. They'd just be mad yeah. you were using the phone line. Like, yeah. I was like, what a helicopter mom. She's so overprotective. This is so annoying. But she truly did save me from a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, I mean, that's what I'll do with my kids, too. I'll teach them that, you know, I, I, oh, I hear you. One of well, I know. I know. So, yeah, you're, you're going to kind of take your mom's juice and, and go with that. Yeah. Less is more when it comes to like sharing on the Internet. You know, the Internet really makes you want to share a lot um, and you have to keep some perspective about it uh, and like what people use it for. Um, and especially when you're underage, there's a certain demographic of people who really want to see pictures of children for reasons that you might not be comfortable with. So you yeah. just have to like not give them that option. Right, right, right. Yeah. It is a valid point. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's something that we didn't even touch, like, you know, human trade and dark web and, you know, like that's that's another episode. Yeah, that is another episode. That's not going to protect you if like Kiwi Farms shares your information, right? They're only looking at those data aggregate sites. We have to make sure that Kiwi Farm has 
um, a sense of social and civic responsibility with our information, even in a um, an economic environment where data is the most valuable commodity. Was ist das Kiwi Farm? Oh, it's um, it's a chat site where um, they're like their whole deal is finding people on the internet to harass and talk about and share information about. So they just keep these like dossiers on people. This is insane. This is insane. There's no civic or social responsibility. Out of you, that's the best. They call you a lol cow. They they think of you as a cow. They milk you. This is it's crazy. So if they can upset you, then you, they just like focus all their energy on you. Hold on, a lol cow? A lol cow? Yeah, that's what they call a person. Was this founded by a four chan user? What's that? Was this founded by a four chan user? Maybe okay. something like that. It definitely is. See, um, we're touching stuff. <laughs> I don't even know what any of this is, and this is, you know... See, these are the reasons why the internet should be abolished. When we start talking about these things... <laughs> well, right, but the internet isn't social media. But one it might say that social media, or really the interconnectivity of individuals across the internet, is an inevitable outgrowth of the internet existing. Well, it absolutely is. And it's becoming one in the same. Like, you know, Elon Musk with TwitX, he's wanting to make it social media, a dating site, a school, a bank, a, a hospital. Like, he wa he's going to want to make this whole stupid little thing that hopefully in God's name won't happen. So real quick, I just want to say my, my piece on this because the pendulum thing... I hope the younger generations realize that we have to concentrate more on our community and still have that connectivity that's never going away, but do more of what you're doing, Nick. I hope that's what happens. Using the internet to connect positively, to connect positively with other linguistics, as, as Dr. Caitlin <laughs> Green does, to use it to positively connect with other people. I use it for my writing all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, as Nick uses it. These are... The purposes, <laughs> if you spoke to somebody who was thinking about the Internet, perhaps in its early stages, the altruist among them would have said any of these things are the reasons why we'd like the Internet to exist. Right. Right. Yeah. They would not have said, well, I'd really love for teenage girls to get harassed by 42 year old guys. Right. right? They wouldn't say that. <laughs> or other teenagers. Or, that was or my boys name. or yeah, right. children. Made with people my age. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. It, but it's this, it's again, and I'll come back to something I said earlier. I think humans, they love the idea of just being free as a horse, just like running in the, in the fields with their hair going. But, but we're animals and we need restrictions. Well, see, this is where it comes back real quick because uh, I want to hear, Nick, your thoughts on this. But this is where it comes back to me. I selfishly want to be able to do anything that I want, but I don't want anybody else to be able to do it. You know what I mean? And I know that's too much to Popular ask. Sentiment. But <laughs> okay, Larry David. <laughs> because I'm the responsible one. Um, Nick. But that's the fundamental trade-off, right? Is like how many restrictions are necessary versus the freedoms that we want. Right. You know, in terms of a macro behavior system. Um, and also, I, just when we're talking about young people, I'm very curious about and haven't looked into their attitudes towards the Internet, but I wonder if there's an allegory with their attitudes towards sex, right, where people are losing their virginity later 
they're using more safe sex methods. Like there is kind of an increase in cautiousness in Gen Z versus the other generation. Well, I also think that it's a problem. I think that guys are becoming desensitized to sex because they have porn whenever they want. And I think that's a huge problem. Um, Do you think that's the reason why they're not having sex? Yeah, I, I think it's the reason for a lot of things, uh, actually. I think it's the reason, I think there's sub, the self-consciousness that comes from it. I think there are um, uh, expectations that come from it, like completely unreal expectations. I think there's desensitization. I think it's a huge problem for guys, for bo- young kids. Yeah, but you're especially. not Gen Z and you already have this experience, so is it really like a new phenomenon for Gen Z, do you think? I don't I only, know. I, don't I have know. a brother who's Gen Z, and so my N is of one, and I don't see that problem for him, but that's just one person. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. why I have many questions and no answers. Right. I don't know. I hope the pendulum swings our way in terms of the internet and social media where people use it like you, Nick, and Caitlin and Trent, you're not on it. Like, I feel like I hope the the glorification of everything else but your life kind of stamps itself out. We'll see. We're selfish, so I doubt it. Caitlin, <laughs> Caitlin, say something positive. Uh, okay, um, let me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> did you just get into the car? I did just get into the car. Okay. How can you tell? It's, it sounds uh, good still, but uh, you can tell a little difference in the... Uh, Sorry audio but you still sound good um so so, i will say one thing yes which is that you know with all the difficulty you know i had um a harvard employee become obsessed with me uh and uh try to contact everyone who could possibly have any power over me to tell them that i'm a monster Mm. you know i had somebody call me uh, on my cell phone and tell me that I'm a piece of shit. You know, th- those are hard, but I also just live for when I get a message from somebody who says, thank you so much for putting a spotlight on this problem that I'm facing or for helping to humanize people like me or my child. You know, that also gives me a lot of energy and it makes me feel like, you know, it's not, it's not all bad and it's not for nothing. Um, you know, going in to support somebody who's having a, who's being targeted online or um, trying to, you know, dispel a myth that's harming people, that's worth doing. You heard that here, folks. Doing positive work for others is worth taking abuse because... It's the noblest motive, bitch! No, I'm kidding. That will be cut. I um, hope not. It is on. the noblest motive. The noblest motive is the public good. <laughs> Nick, True. Nick, do you have anything uh, you want to say? You know, I just think um, when I was coming into being my true form of myself and in age and, and my beliefs and my you know perspective on life, I found so much value on being able to learn about different lenses from all across the world. Um, internationally, across state lines, uh, of different ways the world can be arranged. The you know that simply everything in our society is all made up, and mm-hmm. we just say that forever that that's the way it is, and we're going to keep doing that until we don't. Um, so I really, really personally get a ton of joy uh, of coming across a new idea that you know spurs some kind of fire in my belly, and then I you know dive deep into learning more about that. You know, just the you know. From universal health care to city planning to uh, just lots of different things that, you know, that 
we can apply on a local level that otherwise, you know, I wouldn't have ever heard about. Um, so there is so there is so so much value uh, to the internet, to social media, to the connect to the constant connectivity. Um, and you know, obviously we're never going to reverse that. So I think it's, it's, it's important for us to number one, lean into it and not, uh, be afraid of it. Uh, and maybe number two, uh, on a lot, a lot of different mediums, tying people's actual identity to their username, making it a requirement. Uh, the anonymous, um, folks on the internet are a huge scourge <laughs> to, you know, to the situations. It's me. Right. <laughs> right. Hey, I still gave away who I was, okay? So Seriously, I mean, you're, I getting, you're getting chastised by the 12-year-old uh, the twelve year old chat room uh, catfish. Troll. No, I know. I, hey, no. Look, I'm, I'm a piece of shit. I, I'm just having a conversation here. Caitlin, yeah. is there anything you have coming down the pike that people can um, check out that you have or anything published you want to highlight? I have a chapter coming out in a book about inclusion in linguistics. And hopefully something in liberal current soon if I can just get my butt in gear. I just wanted to share that I have been doing this entire conversation dressed as Anna from Frozen. What? And also, I also do have COVID. So Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, they don't make them like you, Caitlin. <laughs> Maybe. Well, thankfully for the internet, we're able to do this at a distance. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Thankfully yes. for the internet and social media. Again, There's you met no Caitlin because of social media. There. So let's yeah. let's look at more of the common goods here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would not know Caitlin without social media, without liberal currents. Um, yeah. And, and we're happy. I'm very humbled and, and thrilled that we can have you on the program yeah. to talk I about I feel very lucky to have made this connection with you. Uh, Nick, real quick, do you have uh, anything in the pike that you want people to know about? Uh, the old rock and roll band, The Junior Varsity, is going on tour December 15th, 16th, and 17th around the Midwest. Oh. We're going to be in uh, Naperville, Bloomington, and Manatee, Iowa. Uh, Victory Records artist Spittlefield for their 20th anniversary of their album Remember Right Now. So tickets are almost sold out for all of them, but there are still some that remain. Awesome. Caitlin, Nick, we need to have an episode two on this. I think there's tons more we can talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And hopefully my parents who also have COVID will be feeling better and can take the vacation. <laughs> well, we, we hope that they feel better as well. And we appreciate yeah. you making some time to chat with us. The noblest motive is the public good. You can get the noblest motive at any of your favorite podcast platforms. Follow along with us. If you have any suggestions or if you have any thoughts, um, email us at podcast at mwfbmedia.com. And we can't wait to explore this subject more with these really cool people. Nick and Caitlin, you guys are awesome. Thanks for spending your time and especially your sick time dressed as a frozen character with us. This is The Noblest Motive. Find The Noblest Motive on your favorite podcasting platforms. For topic ideas and questions, email podcast at wmay.com. The Noblest Motive is a production of Midwest Family Springfield.